Hi, this is Sandy Johnson from Halloween, and you're listening to Horror Homeschool. Welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. And today we are continuing the year of the one, covering all of James Wan's horror movies. Last episode, we started our coverage of the Insidious franchise. And on this episode, we're going deeper into the further and talking about the first sequel, Insidious Chapter 2. So Insidious Mm -hmm. Chapter 2, this was released September the 13th, 2013. So two years after the first one. Uh, so this movie is almost 10 years old. Jeez. Our boy Lee Winnell actually co-wrote this one with James Wan. And of course, James Wan directed it. <laughs> Lee Winnell. Oh, we'll get into it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Lee Winnell right now. Oh, I was going to say, Kevin and I were talking and he's like, man, Lee Winnell kind of got uh, the raw end of the deal because people don't always associate him with the movies and it's like you know saw he was a writer and like people don't even they're like oh yeah. it's just the james wan movie and Dude, these movies he... have lee winnell and writing and acting and we still think yeah. of it as a solely a james wan project yeah it's weird like you know if you could if you could say it but james wan just directed it you know that's not that's an understatement just directing but lee winnell True, is yes. like the <laughs> The, the the unsung hero like the behind the scenes like mastermind really i mean we will get into what you know more about what i think about his writing um but like yeah he is i mean i didn't know i didn't even know who the guy was i just thought you know i didn't even know i didn't connect the dots i didn't realize he was in saw i didn't realize that was the same guy that was in the insidious movies i didn't realize that specs you know, was anything but just a bit part actor in those movies. So I had no clue, actually, who mm. Lee Lee Winnell was until we started talking about these movies. So really, it's quite illuminating to be, uh, you know, doing the year of the one and talking about J- Lee Winnell more than James Wan, to be honest. <laughs> That's the, uh, the interesting thing, discovering about these movies is, you know, learning these things, learning these things in horror homeschool. It's... It's cool. Yeah, that's what we're, what we're here, here for. for. <laughs> um, but something else that I learned about Lee Winnell, so and James Wan actually. Um, so I was watching the extras um, on the Insidious Two Blu-ray, and uh, they were interviewing Lee Winnell and James Wan and the rest of the cast, and I had no clue that they're both Australian. What? So yeah. So James, James Wan. Wan yeah, James Wan, he's actually Malaysian-born, but he's Australian-raised. 
So he's got an wow. Australian accent, as is Lee Winnell, both Australians. Um, and so is Rose Byrne, who plays Renee. I knew that. And I knew that, yeah. Angus Sampson, who plays Tucker. He's Australian as well. Um, Tucker, the doofus looking guy, right? The Yeah, the other uh, paranormal investigator guy. Sorry, excuse um, me, guys. Sorry, that was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's a good way of describing him. He, he, he looked up doofus in the dictionary. I guess Tucker would, would be there. Um, <laughs> Hunter, ninja bear. Um, but yeah, so it's it's quite interesting. I had no clue. Absolutely that no clue. wild. You know, James Wan and Lee Winnell, Australian, and all these I just, other Australian actors. It's got to be so hard to change your accent to try and really sound yeah. American. Like, I, tr- I mean, I wouldn't even try to sound even I British. can't sound American. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, can't do I don't even know, like. Trying to do a British there's... accent. There's a lot of British accents, so there's just like, because I feel like every time I try to do a British accent, (laughs) I get different accents mixed together. Try and copy what I've just said. I can't. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Try and do it. Okay. um... Try and do me. (laughs) What's something? I can't do it. I can't. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> top, top, top of the morning. <laughs> I love it. It's very accurate. <laughs> hey y'all, I'm Ashley. It's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> I can't fucking. But well, we established we're both shit at accents, and um, Lee Winnell, he yeah, he does a fairly decent um, American accent because I, mean, I wouldn't to the have. Point where I mean. Yeah, it was decent yeah. enough because I had no idea. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy this um, Australian connection. Uh, they yeah. filmed. They actually filmed the Insidious movies in Los Angeles, and uh, so obviously they just brought their little team of Australians over. Um, and Isn't that like how um, <laughs> Midsummer was, where like everybody was pretty much European or whatever? And yeah, there was only nobody. Like, like one person was English or um, American. American, yeah. I can't remember who now. We I mean, we spoke about it on the Midsummer episode. Go and check that out if you haven't already. It's a great episode. It's we did a great episode. One it's of the great drunken movie. horror girls. Um, that was so much fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was actually an Australian Easter egg in the movie. Uh, so in Dalton's room, um, in the Lambert house, uh, there is actually an Australian flag in the corner. Hmm, that's cool. Um, actually. That's not entirely correct, though. That's in the... Well, it is in Dalton's temporary room that he's in there with um, his brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, At the um, mom's house? The, yeah, their grandmother's house. Um, but, yeah. Because I noticed that there was a British flag, and I was like, that's a strange thing to have. Just a British flag in, like, an American house. But I guess the Australian flag has the British flag, like, a little miniature one in the corner. I think that's the... The Australian flag, which is really weird. I don't really, really understand weird. why our UK flag is incorporated in the Australian flag. I mean, this is something that's probably really basic that I'm <laughs> really dumb for not understanding. <laughs> did we conquer Australia? What's, I don't understand. Or did they conquer us? 
Um, I've never been. I mean, I never. Well, of course, I've never been. But I don't know if I would ever go to Australia, man. There's too many far away. Well, not even that. But there's so many things that can just fucking jump out and kill you. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Texas is already like. Yeah, you live in Texas, like close to Australia. Plenty of things that can jump out and kill you there. Oh, I know. There's like a whole bunch of of firearms. (laughs) Sorry, touchy subject. They still itch. They still are like, and that's been like two weeks. For those who don't live in Texas, we have fire ants. And when I say fire ants, I say when you get bit, you know, and it burns and it scars and it itches for like two weeks and they're brutal and they're evil and I hate them. Oh, you talking about fire? I said firearms. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's a whole, whole different subject. That's a whole. Nah, I'm not getting into that, man. Let's, no. just, let's move. Moving swiftly on, um, let's talk about Insidious right. Chapter Two. Um, so the synopsis is as follows: The Lamberts believe that they have defeated the spirits that have haunted their family, but they soon discover that evil is not beaten so easily. Um, so there really wasn't any trivia worth mentioning to be honest for this movie um other than it was another box office hit and financial success so um they had uh, sony money for this one so they had a much bigger budget of five million dollars and definitely tell it made over 160 million at the box office worldwide so yeah it did very well especially for a sequel as well mm-hmm. um and there is just one Easter egg that I want to mention. It requires me sending you a photograph. I'll send it on Messenger if that's okay. That is perfectly fine. Okay, so... Where is it? This is actually something that I took whilst I was watching it. So whilst... Um, when Tucker opens up his laptop to show Lorraine the video of older Josh in the video with the younger Josh, um, his desktop wallpaper... Is actually a picture of him and Specs with James Wan. See, I was wondering. I saw like a glimpse of that, and I was yeah, like, "Huh, that's interesting." It's really that's, quick. That's but... funny. I love that little <laughs> small Easter egg. Because, like, honestly, if you had no idea that was James Wan, you would just think it was mm. some random person that they thought yeah, that they exactly. just took a picture with. That's so cute. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so let's just get straight into it then. What is our relationship with this movie and our initial thoughts? Do you want to go first? Sure. So remember how I told you that I had seen one of them before I watched the one first of one? One of them. Yes. Uh, this is you, the you, you one. You started with three. I thought it was the third one, but it was this one. Oh, however, so this was the first one you saw. However... I did barely remember. The only <laughs> I only remembered the part where big uh where adult josh goes back and visits <laughs> big josh child josh and that's the only really mm-hmm. big scene that i remember um it's not really a spoiler if you exactly yeah. yeah so everything else i was like oh okay so mm. pretty much for the most part it was like watching it for the first time <laughs> that's awesome and, and what, what did you think then oh i loved it it was awesome so scary and the fact that like we were watching it pretty much in the dark, and I was not happy about that. Yes, but that's what you got to do, man. It just happened. And then when we were trying to go to sleep last night, Kevin's like, oh, are you going to be able to go to sleep with all the scary stuff that you just watched? And I was like, don't even. <laughs> how, did, how did you sleep? Fine. I oh, mean, good. 
like literally my sleeping pills for the most part literally just knock me out and I don't <laughs> exist for however many hours. Because I know you are a bit worried about watching scary movies before bed. So, well, I just don't want anything to like grab my foot when I have to get up <laughs> or something. You know, it's just <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, but for me, um, after being blown away by watching the first Insidious for the first time three years ago, uh, me and Abby immediately watched the sequel straight afterwards. Um, they were both on Netflix. So when a movie finishes on Netflix, it has like suggested stuff that pops up, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> and in, of course, Insidious Chapter 2 came up and we were like, should we watch it? if we watch the next one right now like yeah let's do it um and we were equally blown away if not more so um just because of that whole extra element of like time travel in this one Mm -hmm. which is something i absolutely love but i love it in all types of movies like back to the future is obviously the goat um Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure like all different genres like fancy movies like harry potter i love it in sci-fi like interstellar I love it in superhero action movies like The Avengers, and I love it in this. I don't think I've ever seen it before in a horror movie, actually, as well, and I absolutely loved it. I just, I love the idea of, like, introducing the further as not just an afterlife limbo place, but actually, like, a parallel one. I know, Um, that was wild. And I think the concept is just so fascinating and actually really scary. You know, it's like life's biggest question like where do you go when you die and just exploring that I just think it's not very dissimilar to like real life I think this is this could happen you know (laughs) like this makes the most sense to me um so I love that aspect of it I love the possession element in this one as well um I thought Patrick Wilson nailed it as creepy possessed guy um yeah, and it's a good, good spooky movie sequel, um, and it's hard to make it different and make it work as a sequel at the same time. And this one works on so many levels, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. I will say though, it's not quite as effective once you rewatch it because once that twist has been revealed, um, you know that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, and it's not quite as scary as the first one, but it's still like a solid spooky movie, and I very much mm-hmm. enjoy it yeah um so that's getting to highlights like what are the things we love the most about this movie oh man Um, let me get my notes i mean top of the list for me is james wan's directing again is the highlights for me like so good like really impressive camera work in this like you can just tell he's having a blast with it um and i just love the atmosphere in it it's again great like, and you don't need bloody gore and violence to scare you. Like, it's mm-hmm. not it's not missed in this at all. It's not like, oh, where's the gore? It's like, no, it's not the point. You know, you don't need that kind of stuff to, to scare you. You just need some atmosphere. And that is just so key in this. It's brilliant. It's done so well. He just, um, they, sorry, <laughs> something just came up on the computer. Uh, he just, like. <laughs> that picture re- of James Wan, is it? Oh God, that would be so weird. Be like, uh, I gotta go. James Wan is listening. <laughs> Imagine um, if he does. Oh my God. Shut up. Up, James Wan. <laughs> Actually, I do want to say, like, already, like, we're only like a little tiny bit of the way into this, but like, 
I've always thought oh, he's a bit overrated. Like, and I'm, I've always said, oh, I'm not really a James Wan film. I like the Insidious movies, but all the rest is meh. But you know what? Like, learning more about him and like watching the behind the scenes stuff and actually watching interviews with him and hearing his like passion for it, it's made me like really appreciate him as a filmmaker. And he's actually really fucking good. Like, th- yeah. there is a reason why he is rated so highly. He's he's a really good filmmaker. You know, he's a good director. So. Yeah, and it, this, the the way he plays, literally plays on all of my childhood fears, <laughs> yeah. um, is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just really, it's really scary. And I hate it because I'm like, how can he pinpoint such a mm. specific fear? And just like manipulate it in the in the movie to make it just so scary. And like the work with just the regular like fog or you know smoke machine mm-hmm. and just like the vast emptiness mm-hmm. like of the house, like the negative um vibes of the house and everything like that. Just really he just really does a good job with that. Yeah. And I hate it and I love it at the same time. <laughs> that's like that's what horror is all about, isn't it? You hate it and you love it at the same time. Um, but yeah, like the cinematography in this is it, just so good. Like you mentioned, like the fog and like the lighting, like some of it is just kept so simple. That's what I was, so yeah. Effective. Like you know, you know exactly where you are when you're in the further. It's that fog and that blue light, and it's just it's instant you know you're yeah. you know you know, you're in the further when you see that that lighting um but something that i noticed in this one he really ramps up his dario argento influences um it's very suspiria you know with the pink and the red lighting in this one mm-hmm. like, and by the time he gets to malignant i mean he goes full argento in that one with like the colorful neon lighting mm, i <laughs> but love that movie so much in this one compared to like the first insidious i've noticed it's definitely more stylized than the first one it doesn't look yeah. like bland like that's what i said yeah that was like yeah. one of the first things that i said was i was like okay this one's just a little bit brighter it's not as mm-hmm. desaturated as the other movies and the filming looks better yeah. Um, but it's still like this he still can get the tone across. Yeah. And it feels like a seamless sequel. Like it literally is a chapter two because you just like you start exactly where you left off with the other movie. And yeah, it kind of looks a bit different, but it doesn't look so drastically different that it doesn't work as a direct right. sequel. Yeah. I mean it's funny because like even the kid has aged like two years. You know, it's been like two years since they filmed the other one. And you don't even really notice, do you? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, man, those kids look pretty similar. Mm. I was like, how does that happen? That's crazy. <laughs> um, um, something well, else that is, is great in this is obviously the score. You know, <laughs> it's oh, absolutely chilling again. Um, lipstick face demon and Danza keyboard himself. Joseph Bishop returns to work his magic. Um, and it's just so good. Like, these movies would not be anywhere near effective without his score. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm actually really sad to see that he's not returning to do the new one, The Red Door. Um, As far as I can see, it's somebody else doing the music in that one, which is upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be the first Insidious movie without him scoring it. So now I'm dubious to see how that works out. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just not been announced yet, but... I've trawled the internet to see who's doing the score and 
his name is not attached. Um, mm. I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see. Maybe he's just busy doing other things. Maybe he's working with Danzig again or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> How old is Danzig now? Oh, he's How he's old, old enough. Old? Old enough to, to know better, but he's still like the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> he's old enough to know better. <laughs> <laughs> he does he does wonders for us short guys. Like he's just like a really cool short guy. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. Um something else that I liked about this was I thought that the plot felt a lot more compelling than the first one. Like it's a better story. Like it's more of like a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, that actually counts as a low light for me because that's where it loses its rewatchability factor. Like, because it relies on the mystery element and the twist like a lot more than the first one. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So, for me, I I would revisit the first one more than this one just for that reason. But as a first watch, the story in this one feels really good. Um. And the characters as well, they felt more like fleshed out and like more like three dimensional. Like there was a lot mm-hmm. more character work in this one because you just get straight into it with this one. You don't have to really do any setup. Like you already know these characters, so you just you get to expand on them um, and see them develop. And I liked that part of it. Um, I like the Lamberts as well. I, like they're a family that are actually like a non-annoying white family that are like sympathetic (laughs) like you actually care Mm -hmm. for them and you're like you're hooked on seeing what happens to them and you're actually rooting for them which is like unusual in this genre like of dumbass white family moves into Mm -hmm. a haunted house and gets possessed you know so i like it's just it's so cool because it's it's it is a haunted house movie but it's not a haunted house Mm -hmm. movie like it's just there's a lot more to it yeah and um, I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, no, it's just, it's really nice. Like just, yeah, the white family moving into the house, you're like, okay, cool. And the dad doesn't believe you. And it's just like, okay, this is just another trope. But then it turns like different Yeah, and it's really nice. Yeah. It's a it really nice it on twist. Its head completely. Um, I like how this one starts out as well, like, because you know, you're thinking, well, how, how can they just sort of like recap it all um, and get people up to speed that haven't seen the first one? And they do such a good job with it. Like it starts with a flashback to when Josh was young. And this is something we're told but not shown in the first one. So it's clever in that regard because we get more from it. You know, it doesn't feel like it's repeating itself for catch up's sake. Um, so that's cool. And Kevin said that the mom, the younger when she, the young actress that plays the mom, um, Lorraine, is the same actress that was in House of the Devil. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. I thought I recognized her from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, she's great. I, I love that movie. I love her <laughs> in that movie. She's wild. Oh, dude. You've made me want to rewatch that. It's so good. It's so slow, though. Like, oh, it's just so it. slow. I love it though. It gives me Halloween vibes. Like it is just, you know, just like a, a babysitter hanging out. And oh, I love that movie. That's my favorite T West movie by a mile. Um, yeah, it's funny because that was that was my first T West movie that I saw. And straight away after watching it, I was like, oh my god, I love this director. I'm gonna love everything else he does. I'm gonna check it all out. <laughs> Jokes on you. And then I watched innkeepers and i was like what the fuck <laughs> what what is going on i was like okay maybe it was just a dud 
And then I watched X and absolutely hated that. And then I was like, okay, maybe I don't like this director at all. <laughs> but then I like Pearl. And I was like, oh, no, I like this. So I don't know. I guess I like some of his stuff. <laughs> we'll see. I love it. Jory's out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, back to the flashback thing. Like, I actually really like that that scene. Like, I think that all the actors they cast was spot on, especially mm-hmm. um, Elise's character, like young Elise, like that that actor that played her like she really managed to like match her mannerisms and expressions mm-hmm. like she was just like her and did you notice as well that that was Lin Shay's voice that was overdubbed yeah because I was <laughs> like no I asked Kevin I was like did they get a voice actor or is it dubbed and then yeah. I was like watching it and I was like yeah I'm pretty sure it's dubbed fun fact uh, in the UK trailer for this movie it was actually the actor's voice and they didn't use the Lin Shay overdub for it Oh, weird. Um, but I think that was the right choice for the movie because she's got such a distinct voice. Like, yeah. It wouldn't. It, I think it works much better. And usually, I don't like stuff like that because you can kind of tell, and it looks it looks weird. But I think it worked for this. Like. Yeah, I do too. I think you know they both did a good job in Lin Shay overdubbing. I mean, obviously, she must have watched the footage while she was overdub- overdubbing it. And mm-hmm. yeah, really good job there um like i like the flashback um and then we get like a a recap of the first movie through the titles like very subtle and creepy opening mm-hmm. sequence like it just shows like key moments from the first movie um the fucking child's drawing i watched yeah. myself sleep nope yeah. <laughs> get out of here and then you get like the um the rocking horse get shown and you're like oh yeah i remember that scene and you know just like it just shows you a little bit from the first movie just very well done and then you get a really short sequence of renee telling the police what's happened like with her family and it's all done like really concisely and cleverly it's like the first 10 minutes of the movie boom done and then it leads straight into where you've left off with the first film and straight into new stuff and that's how recap should be done like you know mm-hmm. you, it's it's really great pacing and um, better than the 15 minutes of recap from <laughs> friday, well, friday the 13th, 13th. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly what i was thinking i was like damn this is this is how you do it <laughs> not like the last 15 minutes of the last movie and then yeah but yeah it's, it's really well done it means that you don't have to have seen the first one in order to understand this movie which i guess worked for you the first time you saw it because were you lost or did you not really watch it i didn't really watch it man i was all scared at that time that was that was a different that was a different ashley (laughs) that was before horror homeschool ashley yeah Uh, but yeah i like the flashback because it means that we get to establish like josh's whole backstory with him with the bride in black like Mm -hmm. and you know it's touched on in in the first one uh, but it's really expanded on it's the main story in this one. This is, you know, the bride in black and Josh's story, not Dalton and the lipstick demon story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to know the bride in black through flashbacks in the further, which is really interesting. Um, so let's talk about the bride in black for a bit, because I think he's a great villain. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Scary. It's, the serial killer possession ghost thing i really like like, i you know i just was thinking i was like man what in the world i know that the the whole i know what the actual story is but it's just like what did uh patrick wilson's character do in order to get haunted by a freaking serial killer (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he's had a rough time, hasn't he? I know. And at the end, when he's like, "Yep, I'm ready to forget," and he's like, "Damn, yeah, wipe my memory." Like, <laughs> I told Kevin, I was like, "Man, where does that? I want to wipe some of my memories." <laughs> Jeez. Get the man, the men in black in with that little. Yeah, thing. come on. <laughs> but uh, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't wiping memory, was it? It was just like. It was just blocking it deep, 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 deep yeah, down. Stopping <laughs> you from astral projecting, like no more of that. Um, but yeah, I think the the Brad in Black I really like. It's really scary and effective. Um, but something I did want to touch on is like, is this a harmful trope to trans people though? Like, it... no, that's what I was thinking too, and I kind of feel like it is because I think it plays into the fears that. <laughs> It's, it's it's for some reason people have it, yeah it's an interesting point to to think about and talk about i mean james wan's exact words when i was watching the, the extras um for this movie were he wasn't trying to say anything other than he wanted it to feel a bit off kilter mm. which yes i think it does succeed in giving that quality um but i mean Obviously, neither of us are qualified to discuss no, no any absolutely of this. not. We're, we're not <laughs> trans, you know. But I think it's something that could be, you know, a possibility. Um, that, that you know is it is harmful, you know, in other movies that have done so. Like, but the thing is, like, if we're talking about stuff like Buffalo Bill in, you know, um, mm. Sansa Lambs, like, he wasn't trans, and this character isn't trans. You know, right. um, it's it's quite similar, but it's also different because Buffalo Bill, he hasn't been forced to dress in women's clothes, um, but this character has. So, you know, that's and that's what's fucked him up because he, he was born a boy, but he's being forced to right. um, identify as a woman, which is not him. Um, but that has elements of sleepaway camp, actually. I was thinking of that when I was watching it. Like, it's quite yeah. similar to... Uh, spoilers for sleepaway camp i guess but it is quite similar to that um but yeah that's, you know, it's such a hard thing i mean especially when you're, you're not you can't really um speak on it but yeah no i mean i can i can see where where it definitely could be harmful um i was thinking that last night too so yeah i mean i i mentioned this to abby when we we're watching it I said, you know, I'm not sure this is a bit problematic, you know, um, and she doesn't think it is because she said, well, you know, like if you it's it's inclusive, like in, in a weird fucked up way, you're not. I mean, obviously, this character is not trans, but it's, you know, it's not sort of like playing on it. it but is it playing on a fear? I don't know. Like, I don't think it else. is. I don't think it's playing on a fear. I think it's. I don't know. I, I feel it's, like it's, it's a just, weird one. It's a it weird is a one. weird one. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say. Yeah. Cause, cause I know we don't, we, listen, we get <laughs> canceled. <laughs> it's, and it's not even that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to say something then get canceled. But it's just like, mm. how do you word it without, I don't yeah, know. Cause it's like, like, at the end of the day, the, the whole premise here is, Oh, it, it's scarier because it's, it's a man dressed as a woman. And that's, that's a scary looking uh, yeah. aesthetic I mean yeah and, and the fact that he ch- what he chose to wear and look like is is scary you know what I mean like 
in my head, I'm just like, okay, this is just a guy who uses this as a costume for his murders. Just like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't. But know. it's, it's serial killers that like to dress up. Oh, like Ed Gein and the fucking clown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it just adds an extra element to it <clears throat> with his um his backstory and his his past. You know, I. I do like that though. I think it's cool. I, whether whether or not it is problematic is is open. I don't even want to say it's open to interpretation, but you know, it, it might be an issue for some people. It'd be um, something I would like to discuss, you know, after watching it with somebody, um, and see, you yeah. know, what their feelings are because it's like. I don't. I don't want to think of it as that trope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want to think of it because like. Uh, what is that incident in Ghostland? Mm-hmm. Um, had the kind of a same trope in it, but yeah. it was like, uh, did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you know, and it had the whole mental illness trope and everything like that too. And uh-huh. and sometimes that bugs me. You know, I get it, sort of, but like that trope bugs me. Is like, okay, so you're just trying to say that everybody with a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Is gonna end up killing people or whatever. Anyway, yeah. so but yeah, like those tropes, they're hard. You know, it's hard to try and figure it out. But in the end, you know, you just see this movie and it's just freaking scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is a is a weird issue, but um, I guess we're <laughs> like I say, we're not qualified to yeah, definitely to not make qualified. a conclusion. About we're not this. trying to <laughs> just bringing you know. the point up. Yeah. Um, but uh. So about like Patrick Wilson getting possessed by by this character. Um, can so I just toward... say, sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I was just gonna say, can I just say like how much I wouldn't trust Kevin if any of that happened? I just told him yesterday. I said, boy, I was like, if you get demon possessed, bye. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what Abby said. This is what exactly what I was about to bring up. So towards the end, like there's like full on brawl, and he's like chasing them, and it's like getting very shining. I was expecting like him to break yeah. through a hole in the door and say, "Here's Johnny." Yeah, it was very Jack Torrance. Um, and there's lots of fighting going on, and and she's like whacking him about. And Abby just turned to me and she went, oh, you know what? I would love it if you got possessed and I got to hit you over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, it'd be so good. I wouldn't get blamed for it. I would love it. That is so funny because I turned to Kevin and I said, <laughs> I said, would you still love me if you got demon possessed and I ended up just killing you because you, you were demon possessed? I was a worm. <laughs> <laughs> and he just gave me this look like uh what and i was just like well i mean you were demon possessed so is it wrong that i just killed your body i didn't kill your spirit i just killed your body <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know i'd have a hard time beating abby up but like if she was possessed like i wouldn't like to hurt her but she obviously she she can't wait till i get demon possessed she wants I think- to I think Kevin would be thrilled. He'd be like, well, I'm going to smash your face in. <laughs> I'm just There's some issues here bubbling on the surface. <laughs> it's uh, 6.37 in the morning over here, so I, I have no no idea what I'm talking about. 
Um, so let's get into some lowlights then about the movie. Okay, I, I um, have a few. Okay, you go first then. Um, well, one of them I was thinking about this morning is like it talks, it goes into the like the police thing and everything, and then it just drops it, and you never yeah. hear back from <laughs> the it. The police thing, yeah, that's that's a really good point because it's like, oh yeah, the the uh, the hand marks on Elise's throat, like they they weren't your husband's, and then it's like, the that, end. okay, the <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, whose were they? Like, well, I mean, obviously it was the you know Parker Crane, but it it does yeah drop that all of a sudden. It's almost like the police thing was literally there for exposition recap purposes. Mm-hmm. Like that was basically it. Um, that's a really good point. Um, one aspect that didn't work for me, which is really ironic um, because I love them, is is the ghost hunting TV show kind of vibe. You know, when yeah. they're in the, the abandoned hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I love those reality TV shows, but when it's put into this movie when it's not that kind of vibe you know I, I just don't really like the camera work like the way it's like cutting between the handheld stuff and the regular movie camera work like it just doesn't work mm-hmm. for me and um, like it instantly took me out of it yeah I don't like it whenever movies do that and they mm. only do it for like one second or one yeah. scene or whatever and then it's never brought up again or whatever and you're just like okay that's weird yeah so, I mean yeah, I, know- I, I totally get it I understand, like, obviously why they do it, because it is the the paranormal investigators and it's the handheld camera thing, but it instantly takes me out of a movie. If it's not that movie all the way through and it just does bits and bobs of it, it do, you know, it takes me out. Um, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of the found footage genre anyway. Um, mm, but... They're supposed to be coming out with another Cloverfield movie, which I'm oh. stoked. I hate Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I was <laughs> I obsessed. It. I went on the website. I went on like forums. I was trying to figure out like where is this coming from? Where is it going? I Anyways. don't know. I don't, <laughs> I'm not stoked myself personally. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the um, the paranormal investigator guys then, Specs and Tucker. Um, so when I was watching the extras, they actually did a real paranormal investigation in the hospital prior to shooting in it because no. that hospital is a real haunted abandoned hospital that they no shot fuck. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i just thought that was really cool um i uh i want a cool nickname like specs mad that nobody's <laughs> ever given me a cool nickname in my life well i have that's just a lie okay but, yeah you're right that's a lie pedro doesn't know our our pet names for each other Pe- pedro <laughs> pedro and napoleon i don't think we've ever told anyone this i don't think we've ever told anybody this it's very private <laughs> we're it's just, just our, friends our love for napoleon dynamite and obviously ashley's mexican and i'm very white very and ginger white. um but yeah oh damn napoleon dynamite we'll have to do like a uh, a patreon exclusive oh, yeah. on that because we have so much love for that movie <laughs> we just quote each other um so good but yeah so the paranormal investigator specs and tucker um there was actually a three-part webisode series um that came out um promoting this movie uh, it's actually included on the insidious chapter two blu-ray bonus features it's called spectral sightings and it's basically a prequel to insidious and shows how they first met elise and their first mm. paranormal investigation together um, and dope 
it's yeah it's actually pretty good and scary it's really short like each episode is i think like less than 10 minutes long um but yeah it's it's a really cool little bonus thing if anyone wants to check them out um another low light for me in this i've got a note saying the jump scares so some of the jump scares in this i actually thought were cheap like yeah there was none of those in the first movie but in this i noticed there was a few cheap jump scares that just didn't work for me like when tucker like falls over the videotapes or if when he like breaks a window and shit like that Mm -hmm. you know just like pointless things Mm -hmm. that happen with a loud noise and it's like come on james one you can do better than that like (laughs) this isn't you um like that um that bit in the flashback um when they're in hospital and then the the bride in black just is like a flash image Mm -hmm. you know that's lazy work there i mean that's the equivalent of what phil mouse said someone tickling you and saying they're funny like flash scares i mean aside from the exorcist which is a iconic flash image scare uh, with the demon Pazuzu, um, I haven't but, watched it yet. Uh, yeah, that that that's the only flash image jump scare that gets gets away with it in my book. But this is like you know that video on the internet that you watch and like some scary Ugh, shit pops stop. up, like yes. that that car driving down the country road <laughs> and that fucking the one scary that face traumatized every oh kid my God. from from me, the early 2000s me and my sister got traumatized by one of those i don't think it was the car one but it was something where they make you like look really close at the screen to see something you know like oh there's a ghost in the background or you know mm-hmm. you look and they make you like really like strain and move closer to the screen to see it and some fucking horrible thing pops up with a horrible scream like I my soul left my body and we, we both just sat there for like a good two minutes just with our head down just like absolutely terrified that is awesome and oh. I feel you um but yeah that is that is a takeaway from this like some of those jump scares were were lazy um also a lot of unrealistic character decisions in this um I know that's like an invalid criticism considering what type of movie this is but I do have to mention it um and something i mentioned earlier like a negative i have is the twist like once that's been revealed there's not much rewatchability factor in this for me i know it's another yeah. shit low light but it's evident um let's talk about that though the twist like the whole the whole time travel element like did that blow your mind <laughs> it's just it it's wild like the concept is wild and in the whole scene where it kind of all ties together where uh, Josh is trying to, um, you know, reach out to Renee and everything like that. And he's mm-hmm. playing on the piano. He's mm-hmm. banging on the door. He's trying to get her attention. And she just thinks she's being haunted. Mm-hmm. And I love that because mm-hmm. it's very um, – have you ever seen uh, Interstellar? Yes, I mentioned it earlier. The whole – that's what I love, the time travel aspect. Oh, I like didn't that. hear you say Interstellar. Oh, Sorry. so good. That and he made me it's... ball. It's like quite stop. similar, like when he's looking <laughs> through the wall, mm-hmm. you know. Oh man, yeah, it's it's. I fucking love stuff like that. Like it just, it really makes you think and just plays on your mind. Oh, and yeah, again, like I think it's, it's accurate. Concept. Like I think this it is like you know to quote Doctor Who, like timey wimey, like time. <laughs> it's <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey. It's it's relative, you know. Like it's not a straight line. It's not linear. I think that, you know, there is some 
something out there that is possible yeah. to and, and that's becoming America. more and more um evident that that time isn't linear i feel like people are discovering a whole bunch of things that like mm-hmm. we are all living at the exact same time yeah it's crazy but yeah when that when that moment happens and it started to everything started to click into place in this film I was just like mind blown. I was like, I I love that that it goes back to the first movie and like, tackles that unresolved like banging on the door and the alarm going off and the door being open. Um, because I think you mentioned last episode you were like, oh, um, you know, like the the haunting started off small and stuff like that. And I was thinking, does she doesn't know that that's actually Josh? Does she? Like, yeah, she because in my head I was like wow the you know the more she she recognizes that something's going on or the more she's thinking about it or whatever Mm -hmm. she's giving the the ghost or whatever energy and Mm -hmm. then it turns out to actually just be josh and you're Mm -hmm. like and he's just trying to save his family and you're like oh okay (laughs) what the heck (laughs) that's That's so cool different and the fact that he like watched that one ghost guy that one demon guy like walk on the porch and then mm-hmm. go inside oh that scene was so creepy yeah i love it um something that i do want to mention about that scene though like that was a slight plot hole maybe when elise shows up and like makes that long-haired demon guy like fall out the window um no broken window is mentioned in the first film like if that you know if you're in like because he was opening the door and banging on the door so that is technically like the same they're occupying the same space the same house right mm-hmm. so if he, if she makes that like demon ghost whatever like fall through the window and the window breaks like that is technically happening in real in, life in, in their house too. yeah and there's that... no mention of a broken window but i don't know that's <laughs> me being extremely nitpicky um but yeah i love i love the whole element um of the time travel slash parallel dimension kind of thing and i love that you know it revisited uh, you know when Josh was was a little boy and his adult self visited him um, and asked him I can't remember what he asked him now but which way to he go he asked for him something? like where uh, where the old lady's house is so he oh, can yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, go there or whatever and then he points and then he goes through the door um, mm-hmm. but in, in the past when that happens you just see him like stand up and talk to someone and point and the door just opens and they were just like nope <laughs> yeah they're like oh, I'm just let's just uh, erase all his memories <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just pretend this never happened <laughs> but, you think yeah. it's wrong to erase, erase a child's memory without their consent um, not when it's <laughs> shit like that <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm just thinking if that was Aiden pulling shit like that I'd be like no w- you know how can we erase this <laughs> I'm not having this child You're walk like, around I'm sorry. Do shit like that. we're gonna erase his memories and he's not gonna do this anymore or I'm just gonna have to put him up for adoption <laughs> <laughs> just eat that creepy kid you're like uh do you guys have the uh where you can drop off babies at the fire station thing what <laughs> oh we have this thing i forgot what it's called but basically you can just anonymous anonymously drop off your child at like a fire station and then they take it to the hospital and put it up for what? in the foster care system that is wild you did not that, know that no oh, what is it called that's um, insane <laughs> 
<laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that's how we like donate clothes to charity. Yeah. Just drop them off outside the charity shop. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Let's see. Any parent can bring their baby who is less than 60 days old to a fire station, hospital, or EMS station. Hand it over. No questions last. Safe haven law. That's what it is. Wow. I I honestly can't work out whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, that, In my yeah. opinion, if you aren't in a place to take care of the child and you feel like that's your saving grace and do it because that kid probably yeah. won't have a good life i mean totally, given yeah. our foster system over here is is shit as well but i i it's just it's, yeah it's one of those things that's just like really weird and i'm surprised that you never heard of that <laughs> no you have educated me today that that is wild as the days go by america just gets even more and more wild to me like you are oh, a yeah. different different place <laughs> well and then on top of that they're trying to pass um, the death penalty law for anybody who gets an abortion. Like, how does that make sense? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, America's fucked. Oh, yeah. You guys <laughs> really are. Um, <laughs> let's talk about our favorite scenes then, because there is oh, so many. There's so um, many. I've got um, the, the baby walker scene. Well, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where and, the, it, it's, it's quite yeah. similar to the baby monitor scene in the first one. Yeah, there's, like, there's all that, all that going on, and and you're straining to hear, and uh, Parker's mother just shouts, "Don't you dare!" And it's like dead fucking loud and scary, and then that the baby walker flies in the air, and it's it's good jump scare. I like they, that one. He does a really good job with the uh, with the toys. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just really scary. Like her walking in the hallway and turning around, and the baby walker just rolls out. Like, yeah. That, to me, is such a simple scene, but it gives me the most heebie-jeebies because it's mm-hmm. and, oh, also the scene where they're in the abandoned house and they walk in and there's all those dolls and everything like that. <laughs> just toys. There's just something creepy about them. <laughs> there's nothing scarier than having an inanimate object clearly move. And having no explanation for it, like the worst. Just, just seeing that baby walker just roll past you, and if you're the in worst. house on your own, like you just like fuck. <laughs> you know? um, I would leave so quickly. I would forget that I had a child. And, you know, <laughs> all those memories would be gone. I'm out. It'll be at the fire station. Um, <laughs> yep. Toodaloo. Another, another note I've got here is the uh, the whole the row 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 your boat thing. Like that is no, that was so creepy. A close contender to tiptoe through the tulips. You know, these movies are just so great at like picking out those creepy as fuck songs and making them even creepier and like nightmare fuel. Like so that you know, whenever you hear those songs in the future, you will always associate. Oh yeah. With being scared. You Tiny know. Tim. Mm-hmm. Kevin's like this movie ruined Tiny Tim and I was like yeah I know but I mean that, that song he's was creepy already, anyways yeah, it was already terrifying and then they make it even more scary it's like on um, Strangers when they use that Joanna Newsom song um, in the you seen that movie? I don't think so oh never mind then <laughs> it's the movie where they get like they're at a house and then these people show up at their house with masks on and just 
Tormented. Oh, The Strangers. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, I love the sequel. Um, the sequel's so good. Oh, um, I love. But we'll I was, about that with Francesca. This, yeah, the scene where she's in the kitchen and they come in and they just stand behind her, and it's a Joanna Newsom song, and it's just so scary. Oh, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love that. The, the row, row your boat. That's scary because at the end it gets all shouty and terrifying. <laughs> Mm. Um, one of the best scares, though, I thought was um, when they're in the further flashback thing, and it's Parker's mother, and she's like scolding him for like identifying as a boy and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then they're having that confrontation, and he's sat on the bed, and then Parker's mother like spots Elise and Carl. Oh, I know that, that moment when she like notices them is so fucking scary and like i just get chills she like points at them and shouts and then they like fly back and the door closes and it's so fucking scary i know it's just like a simple trick too it's not even anything Mm -hmm. that's like um you know like digital or anything just Mm -hmm. like it was just such a simple like look at you scream and then they fly back yeah and And, shut the door on paper like you think ah that's that's kind of lame but the way it's directed and put together it's so good and whoever that chick is that plays the mom and the way they did her makeup and everything oh it's so good isn't it so So scary apparently originally they were gonna get a really old creepy woman um to play her and then they ended up with this actor and they're like, oh, how, how is this going to work? She's like stunning. Like, how can she be scary? Um, but the way she plays it is just so good. Like, she is and terrifying. Piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Oh, my. And I love the blue eyes. super. <laughs> I know I do, too. I wish yeah. I had I have fucking brown eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was it's really good. And I was really like impressed with it being a sequel and everything like that because sometimes sequels aren't good you know i'm sorry but sometimes sequels aren't good especially horror sequels like it's very very hard to match um the the magic of a first movie especially in horrors you know and this does such a good job like because it it brings in new elements while you know keeping to the same uh, identity of the first one and Mm -hmm. it it does a good job balancing them it's so good um, another of the, the scariest scenes, I think, in this, though, is one of the scariest things you could ever be told, um, especially by an unconscious child in a dark, scary room. Oh, my and God. Someone standing behind you. Like, those words are fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, someone standing behind you. Like, oh, man, that scene. See, I don't want to have kids, okay? <laughs> and that just adds another reason because kids are creepy (laughs) and like when my sister has told me things that like her her kids have done or said and i'm just like nah man like you gotta (laughs) you gotta return them (laughs) you gotta drop them off at the fire station (laughs) you gotta drop them off at the fire station Uh, but but that scene like the uh the the tin can scene like with the string i love that it's so i thought that was such a cute and terrifying little thing because it's so innocent you know mm-hmm. what i mean and and it and then when he wakes up and he sees that it's in the closet oh lord oh, jesus give me just i would just think, have a heart attack and he die thinks he's, thinks he's talking to his brother and then it just says i'm not foster 
and then it's just like, oh my god, your heart falls through your ass. And he looks over, and his brother's fast asleep, and the string is leading straight into the closet, and you're just like, fuck. And then, like, the ghost runs out and then just stands in the corner, like, crying out. And I love that the voice is still coming through the tin can. I know. I thought that was such a Slightly delayed as well. A cool, really creepy... Mm. Um, But that wasn't ever really explained either. I mean, yeah, we found out that he was, like, a a serial killer and stuff like that. Right? Or Mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't explained very well, like why those people were under the sheet um, well they're all his um his victims that he'd like stored away there um, okay and then all of those other people that were visiting dalton asking for help were the ghosts of his victims so no i knew that i just didn't know like it was just really weird because they just stumble upon this whole room with yeah and i couldn't tell if i was like okay is this a cult like did they all drink poison and then and then it was like, oh, no, he was just a serial killer, and these were all his. Okay. So yeah, he just set them up like that. They all got killed at different points in different ways, um, and he just set them up like that. So creepy. Absolutely terrifying when someone... Golly, could you them. imagine freaking walking in, <laughs> into that? I would... I don't... Mm. Um, but going back to that tin can scene, like, um, mm. he's, he's got the ghost, like, crying in the corner, and then he... And then all the fucking ghosts appear at the end of his bed, like all of them. And then he looks back at his bed and he realizes that he's astral projecting because he can see his own body asleep in the bed. Mm -hmm. And it's so fucking scary. And then he jumps into his bed, pulls the sheets over and they're all like clawing at him. And then it's his mum that pulls the sheets off. And it's just such a scary, well-directed scene. I love it. I know. And the fact that the the sheets are torn and she sees it and you're just like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, another good scare is when they're in Parker's room and all of the rocking horses just start rocking. No. And then he runs past and shouts, this is my room. And then they back up to the bed and then you can see he's sat on the bed dressed Mm-mm, as a girl. That, that scared me so bad. <laughs> and then he just says... Because I thought it was a doll. He says, you can't be in here. If she sees you, she'll make me kill you. Oh, shit, sorry. Alarm. No, it's my mother calling. Okay. Um, and then they're both just like, okay. And then they just get the fuck out. Like, they, they don't say anything. You just see their expression just like, okay, we are getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, bye. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. Great, great scare. There's some really good scares in this. Um, have you got any other scares or scenes you'd like to mention? No, it was just basically just talk. I just wrote notes about like the angles and how he uses the angles. And the thing is, too, he uses like different types of angles when he's mm-hmm. re- when he's directing, and it like takes you like it tries to like I don't know how to explain it, but it just like different weird angles that you don't see a lot in movies. But the way that he films it just makes it unsettling. Yeah, definitely. If that makes sense. I don't no, know if that does, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, who's your favorite character in this? Um, probably Elise. Yeah, she's so good, isn't she? Even she's if we so get good. a little bit of her, she's just so good. And I love how sweet and caring and just like, she just like makes everybody feel like um, there's somebody, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
she yeah, wants you to lovely. know that she that you, she wants you to know that you don't deserve what's happening to you right now and she yeah. just wants to help you and i just think that's so that's such a kind type of like um personality to have especially in those situations you know what i mean yeah she's such a calming and positive influence like and you just want her as your grandmother right like and she just like she talks like uh like a therapist almost yeah (laughs) just very sweet very calming doesn't want to make you feel like you're stupid she's not talking down to you Mm -hmm. like you know she's very accepting and i don't know i just think that's really that's really nice she's an awesome character and she seems just as sweet in real life like lynn shea seems like almost the exact same person (laughs) Um, (laughs) my favorite character like apart from her like I really like the bride in black. Like, I think that's just such an effective character. Um, yeah, it was pretty even scary. though, like we've we've touched on it, slightly problematic perhaps, but that is a scary villain, um, mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, so, did you get the lamest line? Did you pick anything out for that? <sighs> Do we have the same one? Let's I think see. I think it's. Quite I awful. put too many. There's too many in there. <laughs> okay. Um, I put. I put. Uh, they're gone. It's go time. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even notice that one. <laughs> what was yours? I got it's lunchtime. It's quesadilla time. <laughs> oh my god, that was pretty bad. I liked it though. Whenever yeah, he was getting choked bad. by Pat, uh, by um, Parker or Josh, and he's like quesadilla, quesadilla. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the the comedy with those characters, like, I go back and forth with it. Sometimes I think it works. Sometimes I think it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it is a bit too much. I think if they dialed it back a, a little bit, a it little would have been better. Yeah. Um, what else have I put on here? Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of falling over in this, and a lot of like scraps, like a lot of like a lot of mm-hmm. uh, fights happening, like. That was something I noticed. Like, there's a lot of like, a lot of weird fight scenes, and it gets a bit silly. I don't know if you noticed that, but there's a lot yeah. of fist buffs. Um, and uh, some something that I noticed as well on the um, watching the behind the scenes stuff is Lee Winnell actually acknowledging his bad dialogue. Um, so he, he was like, he was saying, "Who wrote this crap?" Like, and saying like how he realized how different it is. Like writing dialogue for a character but then actually hearing it coming out mm-hmm. of an actor's mouth so i like that that he's actually he actually noticed that and has held his hands up and said yeah some of my dialogue isn't exactly ideal isn't the best it's super cheese ball man yeah <laughs> especially when he's he's got to act it and he's like oh actually yeah um uh but yeah i think that's about it oh i do want to mention something so the final scene um, so during the, the last scene of the film, obviously Specs and Tucker, they arrive at a family's house and did you notice the little girl, little General yep. Tiger? Sure with, did. With Wednesday Adams plots as well. I know. Yeah. I was like, she's so small. Yeah, she was tiny. Um, actually she's uncredited for this role as well. She is, she's not credited at all anywhere for appearing in this movie. I don't think, um, but yeah, so they arrive there and she spots the ghost of Elise, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. And then they go in and then there's a girl in there in a wheelchair 
and Elise is like talking to her, like you know, saying what's what's up, and then she like can hear like a crackling noise and looking behind her, mm-hmm. and she just sees something horrible and gasps, and that noise is the lipstick face demon from the first movie moving his claws, nice. um, and for a long time there was meant to be the third chapter returning to that that story, you know, carrying on. And we'll see a return of Lipstick Face Demon. Um, and I thought that was a really great setup for the sequel. And they didn't go that way. And it's such a shame. And I wonder why they didn't. Because, like, the concept oh, of the yeah. third movie... You, uh, you have not seen the, fir- the third No, I have one. not seen it yet. So the concept of the third one is very similar to that. Because it's a girl recovering from an accident. She's unable to walk. Um, but I just don't understand why they tweaked it and made it different and not continuing that story because it doesn't really make any sense so yeah it's a real shame because that would have been a really cool a cool sequel because you know i don't want to i'm not spoiling anything for you but my thoughts on the third one i it's not very good unfortunately Hmm. um nowhere near as good as these first two um and they just went in a completely different way it's not continuing story the lamberts or anything like that Mm. um elise and specs and tucker are in it uh, but yeah, it's 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 a weird a weird departure. Um, but we we get to see the the Lambert story continuing in Insidious Five: The Red Door. I know. That's exciting. That is exciting. Um, but I mean, unless you've got anything more to mention about this movie, we could do overall thoughts. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, for me, I think it's a very good sequel and a good ghost story, and you don't see either of those nowadays really mm-hmm. um and I, I put a note down james wan calls this movie a classical domestic thriller with ghosts um, <laughs> which is quite yeah. accurate you know that's that's kind of what it is and if you like either of those things then you'll like this movie um it's not as good as the first one and um, it doesn't give me chills as much i mean it still does give me chills but just not mm-hmm. quite as much as the first one it's not terrifying like the first one but yeah. it's still a good, scary movie that I would recommend. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Yes, me too. I was pretty impressed by it. Yeah, I mean, that's my final thoughts. I liked it. Um, would I watch it again? Maybe if I was doing like an insidious marathon, probably. But it would, probably won't be one that I would just be like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. Insidious, on the other hand, like the first one, yeah, I would, that would be something that I would just put on and yeah. scare myself to sleep. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's still our first, our top spot, our favorite James Wan film we've covered so far then. Insidious yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say uh, this one's a, a close second spot with Dead Silence, though. Um, Saw still remains at the bottom for me, personally. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we should probably wrap things up this episode then. Uh, I so, go to work. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to our wonderful Patreon supporters: Field Mouse, Nicole, Ryan, Vincent, Wade, Ash, Kyle, Francesco, Gina, and a special shout out to Oliver who just upped his pledge. Thank you Aww, so much, thanks, dude. Oliver, you are so awesome. Thanks, we love everybody. you. Everybody, don't appreciate make me want to cry. So I know that's so lovely. <laughs> like, come but, on, thank you so much, and you're you're really helping, like me get make, over to Texas, make <laughs> dreams come true. 
You really are. I mean, at this rate, I will be booking my flight to Texas next year. Like, and Ashley and I will finally meet in person, which is a crazy thought. Like, how cool <laughs> will it be to party together? Dude, what happens if we get we meet each other and then we don't even like each other? <laughs> that would happen. <laughs> what Man, if like that would suck, wouldn't it? What if you're like around me and you're like, oh my god, she's freaking <laughs> annoying. Holy shit, she won't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> imagine we should still pod even if we hate each other um <laughs> but yeah thank you so much uh every single person that's supporting us we really really appreciate it and we hope you're enjoying all the bonus content um we will be bringing out some more stuff on patreon very soon just keep your eyes peeled more twilight zone coverage um endless love to all your patrons we love you and you can go and support the pod as well. For only a dollar a month, you get access to all of our bonus content. Loads of stuff up on there. Um, most of our episodes are better than our main main episodes. So <laughs> go and check them out, please. They're awesome. And you can find the Patreon at patreon.com slash horror homeschool. Um, next episode, we'll be tackling the next Insidious sequel, Insidious Chapter 3. You can find all of our links at horrorhomeschool.com links to the platforms where you can listen to the show, our merch, socials, and the Patreon. Personal social media stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me, underscore Baberham, Lincoln, underscore. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember, he's got your baby.